And I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone. Alright, legends. Welcome back to yet another episode, dude, of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive. And I mean that literally, because last night, I dead set almost died. There will be no mincing of words this week. There will be no lighthearted intro. The world, it's crazy out there, okay? And the sooner you guys wake the fuck up, dude, the better we're all gonna be. But last night, something bad happened, guys. The Mazda Metro fell again. I repeat, Metro down. Metro down. The Mazda Metro, the the apple of my eye, you know? The Adam's apple of my neck, if you will. You know, my car, my automobile. You know, my A to B, my side bitch, my main chick. Everything I need and more. The Mazda Metro. I mean, what a vehicle we are talking about. I've taken this thing all over New South Wales. All over. Talking up to uh, up to Coffs Harbour. Out to Tamworth. Mudgy area. Down south. Wollongong. Done it. Um, this thing has dead set been everywhere. Orange a couple of times. Serious driving, dude. Serious driving. I've never taken it across the Queensland border because I don't think it fucking deserves that. But, but it could handle the trip. I don't think she needs to see the Gold Coast. You know, I want to I preserve what little innocence that thing has left. But, dude, yeah, the Mazda Metro, uh, harrowing stuff. So, did a couple of comedy gigs last night. And, you know, it's one of those things where you think, if I, did, if I didn't do this, would this have happened? But, 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 you know, sliding doors. If I didn't freaking stop to talk to that homeless guy 27 years ago, would I live in a, in a house that I own right now? Would I drive a Ferrari? Would my missus hate me? What are our kids like, you know? It's one of those moments. So I did a gig in, I want to say, the city. I don't know why I can't remember. But I'm in the city. I do a gig. Now, there's this new open mic where apparently you can just sort of pop in and get on. And apparently it's pretty good. And it's about 10 minutes from where I am. And I'm thinking, I had a massive day. I'm wrecked. Uh, I'm just going to go home and get a good night's sleep. No, I'm going to go to the open mic. No, no. And I thought, because I live about 45 minutes outside of the city. So I thought, as if you wouldn't do an extra spot when you're fucking eight minutes away, Das. You're going to drive all the way home. You're right there. Just suck it up. Stop being a bitch, you know. Um, so I immediately, I got up that Rocky Six scene where he inspires his son. I watched that in 4K on my phone. That's the sort of data I have. And I headed, headed over to this open mic. It was in King's Cross, the Golden Mile. And, dude, I will say, this is something I saw in King's Cross. This is like, just could not be more stereotypical of like the good old days of the cross. I saw a guy walking around um, with like the rubber band thing you wrap around your arm to do heroin. He still had that on. He must have been late for a fucking dinner or something. You know, you know, when you go, you leave your house, you're like phone, wallet, keys. Oh shit. I still got a fucking needle hanging out of my arm, dude. Um, so yeah, he was just, that was the first thing I saw in King's Cross and it was a sign of things to come. 
I did the open mic. Didn't go great. Doesn't really matter because I made the effort, you know? And I was just running some jokes. I'm getting filmed this weekend. So hopefully we'll have some hot, hot clips coming your way. Um, But I'm getting filmed this weekend. I'm trying to ditch these old jokes I don't even do anymore. But I don't remember how to say them on stage. So I'm running these hot, hot bits. (laughs) These jokes are so old. I'm I'm talking... I got a bit about um, doing a group assignment at uni. I want to film. Obviously, I haven't been to uni in about three years. Uh, What about this? I want to put out my two minutes about the show Bondi Rescue. I don't think anyone's watched that since 2008. But that's the sort of fucking... That's where my art was headed in 2015. <laughs> so I got to get rid of this trash, dude. Um, but I still think, you know, they're sort of funny and I guess people will enjoy them, I hope. But I got to remember how to say them. So I'm running around talking about Bondi Rescue and, and fucking what, what my favorite class in year four was and God knows what else. And leave the gig. It's raining sideways, dude. And Metro's fogged up. But I'm flying through the city. I've got a podcast on. Um, I actually can't see a fucking thing because the dehumidifier or whatever you call that thing does not work in the metro. The metro doesn't do air, okay? It doesn't do air con. It won't dehumidify. It won't humidify. But I tell you, it does do heating. So if anyone needs a lift in July, you know where to come. But anyway, I'm flying along and the old girl's making a rattling noise every time I accelerate. Not good not good and it's it was playing up a bit this morning but you know sometimes she just gets a bit moody you know uh you know you don't fucking leave your wife every time she has a spat you know that's marriage you ride the ups and you ride the downs but then it's starting to get louder the heating thing is going up it's getting hot it's getting hot and then i get to a red light stop car conks out Try to turn it back on. I'm getting nothing. Overheated. Uh, The car behind me, I will say, is, uh, dude, this car behind me, dude, immediately on the horn. Okay? It's like, you think I'm just here fucking texting, bruh? You think I'm texting? I got hands free, son. I'll call anyone. Okay? And I'll call them son. But anyway... The thing, this one I almost died, right? So I'm at a red light. Car's coming perpendicular. I'm there for like three light rotations. Um, bloody call on the lads. No one's awake, whatever. Um, bam! The old girl kicks back into life. Fucking here we come. And I just go, fuck, how good is this? Because I'm, I'm giving it some on the uh, on the revs. And I, so I, now I shoot out. I'm, I didn't realize... It's a fucking red light, dude. I almost got T-boned by some kind of doing about 100 down the hill. So, fuck, he dodges me. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. I'm like, woo! And then, But now, I get in the old girl, and I think, we're back here. We're back. But it immediately starts overheating. Pull into a side street. Panic stations. I call I call my mum. She calls NRMA, because I, I don't know my username for the NRMA. Anyway, this NRMA guy... I had a bit of water with me, so I thought, I'll fill her up. I'm pretty sure it's out of water um, because I haven't put any in in about mm, 25 years. And I reckon I could make it home and deal with this problem tomorrow. Anyway, mum's like, let me just look up your 
NRMA uh, details because it might be the guy might be around the corner and he could sort this out in two seconds flat or he might be three hours away. I go, well, let's just give him a call. So anyway, next thing you know, the phone rings. It's the guy from NRMA. He goes, hi, Billy, it's Jim from NRMA. I go, you beauty. This guy, I don't know what my mum told him, right? The car's just conked out because it's out of water or that there's a, there's a radiator issue, okay? I'm sitting on the side of the street, a side street, pretty close to the city in an extremely wealthy neighborhood. I'm listening to a podcast. You know, it stopped raining. Things could be going a lot worse, really. I don't know what my mum told this guy. He goes, it's Jim from NRMA. I've got your mum on a conference call. Firstly, Billy, I need you to remain as calm as possible, okay? Do not panic. I repeat, do not panic. He goes, are you safe? I repeat, are you safe? And I go, yeah, yeah, like, so I'm in Narrowboat. He goes, he goes, that's okay. Don't panic, son. Don't panic. We're going to get there as quick as we can. I don't know if mum told, told this guy that I had fucking a three-car pile-up and I'm, un, I'm on the bottom of it going, NRMA. I'm, mate, if I'm in a three-car pile-up, I think the NRMA, I'm not saying I'm not going to call them. I'm just saying they're not going to be my first call. All right, so I got fucking the leader of the SES on the phone talking me through how to cut myself out of a freaking a truck pile-up or some shit. He goes, mate, we're about four hours away. I said, I said, die, mate, I'll, I'll handle this myself. And uh, so this is how little I know about cars. I put about half a liter of water in, which I just happened to have in my boot. I ended up being actually quite prepared for an automobile incident because I go into my boot. I've got a full cricket kit. Okay, now that's just, you know, I'm crashed on the side of the M4. Doesn't mean some bloke's going to pull over and say, let's have a fucking net. You know, you never know. But then in there, I've got uh, a liter of water. Um, and then I've got, uh, I've got like an old rag for, for taking off the radiator cap. And, uh, and I've got a, I've got a Westfield high-vis jacket from when I used to direct traffic at Westfield. So I'm, I'm fucking ready to go. I'm ready to set up some, I probably have some traffic cones back there as well. You know, I got one of those lightsaber things that they use at the airport. Fucking come on lads, you know, we're back. We're looking good here. So I take the cap off, you know, it's one of those things where you take the cap off but it's like, this thing's going to blow, you know, like you turn at one thing, you just hear, you just hear like, yeah, and it's like, oh my God, I'm about to lose an eye. I'm going to have my face melted off. So I take the cap off, standing as far away as possible. Uh, no one has come out to offer any assistance from this wealthy neighborhood. They probably think I'm there to rob them. Um, but anyway, take the cap off, put about half a liter of water in, I go... Bada bing, bada boom, you know? You're welcome, Mazda Metro, you know? Put the cap back on. Fucking fire up the old girl. We're back. Turn a corner, drive about 500 meters. This thing is heating up again, okay? Pull into another side street. Slightly poorer neighborhood. Now, this is what you want. Poor people give a fuck. Pull up outside this house. Within two seconds, this mum's come out. She's like, oh my God, how, what's happened? You know, we've got some leftover pasta in there. Are you hungry? What do you need? Do you need water? You know, do you want to sleep in my son's bed? Fuck that kid. You know, like she's just so lovely. She just could not be more lovely. She's like, take as much water as you want, whatever you need. If you need to use the phone, you know, Husey, have you been paying attention on the telly right now? 
If you want to come in and just have a bloody laugh and watch a bit of Husey, you know, you can come and do that too. So how's this? I put half a liter of water in and I thought I fixed the problem. I then proceeded to put five and a half liters in until it was filled up. This, the old girl was bone dry. I feel sheepish. I betrayed her. Um, but yeah, I ended up flying home. I think that was the only issue, the water. But you get a free assessment with NRMA, so I'm going to get the bloke out just to uh, keep him on his toes. But yeah, I mean, fingers crossed. Pray for the Metro. Um, she's registered till August. And I think the reason this happened is because usually every January I get it registered. But last year I treated myself um, due to the thousands of dollars of superannuation I withdrew from my account, uh, strictly against my dad's recommendations and financial advice. Um, I treated myself to a year's worth of rego. So usually every six months, got the old girl fucking up at the mechanics, getting a fucking, getting a blowjob and a who's who and a what's what. Missed it this time. Halfway through Feb. I got to put some oil in there as well, I reckon. But dude, got home at bloody midnight. Um, and yeah, and it just goes to show how fucking good I've got it. That's probably the worst thing that's happened to me in quite some time. But yeah, pray for the old girl. Pray for her. Is this, is this what Michelle Obama was talking about when she said, bring our girls home? Was she talking about the Mazda Metro stuck in Narrenburn? Because that makes a lot of sense now, looking back. I remember when Michelle Obama was like, bring our girls home from the Middle East. I thought, what are you talking about, Michelle? The Mazda Metro's in North Sydney. Bring the girl back from North Sydney, you know? Not fucking Iraq. But anyway, dude, that's what I've been up to. That was last night, dude. 14 minutes out of my fucking Tuesday night. I don't even know if that's interesting to anyone else, dude, but trust me, if you own that car, now I've got to borrow, uh, I've got to borrow Macca's Silver Surfer for a couple of days while I get the Metro sort of looked at because I don't want to make it worse. And uh, yeah, that's a beautiful car too. But yeah, pray, pray that I can uh, be a beautiful, safe driver um, and, and look after his car. But anyway, all right, dude. So Sunday, Valentine's Day. Galentine's Day, as I saw some fucking loser chicks call it over the weekend. Just, what, what, what was the hype around Valentine's Day this week? Because I personally loved it, alright? I swear no one usually gives a fuck about Valentine's Day. But there was some hype in the air. I don't know if it was because, like, 2020, people couldn't really date as much. Um, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. Um, but yeah, so what happened was, my local paper... Well, it's actually the Daily Telegraph, I think. The Daily Telegraph ran a competition to find New South Wales' most eligible singles. Now, I misread it at the time. I thought it said New South Wales' most elite singles. So that caused some confusion. That's why I entered the competition, because obviously, you know, I'm a top-tier single. I'm top 10 ranked. Um, I'm one of the best to do it. I turn up every year and I get it done. And that's what it's all about. I don't know whether being an eligible single means like you're single, but it's like, oh my God, how is he single? He's so eligible, you know? And my mom's always telling me how eligible I am anyway. So I entered this competition. And of course, 
I was named as one of New South Wales' most eligible singles. I'll read out my entrant here. Now, it was kind of bullshit because you had to send in a little blurb of why you are an eligible single. But then, but then you had to send in a photo as well. I sent in a beautiful photo of me with flowers and a bottle of champagne. Looked like I was about to go on a very cool date or a very romantic one, but it was actually my mum's 57th birthday. This was taken last year. Also, I think she might be 52. She's in the 50s and she's going great. Good on you, Jenny Darcy. Um, but I will say this. They did not publish my photo, which I think took away from the cuteness of my application. But nevertheless, I still got in. So I'd like to read out my application real quick. And then I'm going to read out um, some of the others because I, you know, I see Valentine's Day competition for the most eligible single. I think let's have a laugh. Let's have a bit of fun. Some people clearly saw this as a way out uh, from the darkness. So <laughs> we got some real fucking losers coming up, team. Like some real fucking losers. And uh, do you know what, dude? You, you could say it's probably not nice to just rip on random fucking nerds. But I think if you write into the national statewide paper, local paper, if you publish yourself, you know, you're up for grabs, okay? If you want to stay in your bedroom playing World of Warcraft, uh, that's your business, and I wish you well. But if you write into the local paper revealing what a fucking nerd you are, well, you're on the pod, babe. You're on the pod. So, here we go. Uh, This is my application. So, it said... First, it said, why are you looking for love? It said, I'm looking for love because my dad said, if I don't kiss a girl this year, I'm not welcome at the family Christmas. I love Christmas and would hate to miss it. Once I find love, I will go to Wharf Bar and be like, hey, everyone, you should all buy me beers and get around me because I have a girlfriend now. Then I would point to her and everyone would be like, nice one, Bill. After that, the mayor himself would come in and give me the key to the Corso. No more lining up for Bill. With my master key, I would open one of the ice cream stores and let my new girlfriend have whatever flavor she likes, even if I personally did not enjoy that flavor. That's love, I suppose. Finally, I would use my master key to commandeer a manly ferry and harass some of the guys on jet skis around the bay around the corner. See how they like it. And that was my application with a beautiful, cute photo underneath that unfortunately was not published. Um, So yeah. I tried to have a bit of a laugh with it, you know, God forbid. Um, but some of these guys, dude, all right. I didn't even get to, so I think there's um, t- maybe uh, 20 guys and 20 girls. Okay. Now, I, I honestly have not read a single girl's profile because the guys are so fucking lame. I didn't even make it because I was thinking I'll read out a couple on the pod and like the first four were all like ridiculous. So I was like, I don't need any more. But here we go. Um, And some of them are funny and some of them are not. Okay. Connor. uh, I guess I shouldn't say where they're from, but it doesn't have their last name. So so this guy, Connor. I've never even heard of where he's from. Must be some country town. I'm looking for someone who loves adventures, cars, cute dates, and overall has a bright and bubbly personality. So far, so good, dude. I mean, this seems very above board so far very above board. Um, I'm a hard-working young man who 
provides for his family and makes sure there's food on the plate. I will love you like no other. I'll put the spark back into your life that you are missing. I'll come home, I'll cook, I'll clean, etc. And make sure you are all right. <laughs> what the, how aggressively did that take a turn from just, you know, anyone, you know, if you like cars and you're a bit of fun, yeah, just into <laughs> the most aggressive family man speech. Um, I, and then this, <laughs> it keeps going. I'm a family man who will do anything for my family. <laughs> You just know he was fucking writing this in the blood of his ex-wife. <laughs> oh, dude. He goes, I'm a father of one and I'm looking for that special someone who won't give up on me and accept me for who I am. I think this guy, and that's the end of it, I should say, I think it's pretty clear Connor recently lost a custody battle that's the vibe i'm getting i think a judge uh didn't portray such a rosy picture of this young man um i don't know what connor did but we all believe you're a provider mate okay just because the supreme court didn't you know we're all on your side best of luck um i mean i'll probably end up 40 and single for this as karma but i I honestly would die alone in exchange for laughing at these people uh, then you got, we had a few of these sort of type of ones, uh, William, you know, we're just like, you know, they're just like, uh, let me just fucking 3d print what I think a, a fun bloke's personality would be and send that out. So the, the plumber who loves music and the pub pros crack a mullet, drives a Commodore, can roll cigarettes, bang and taste in music. The, take note of this Connor. These are some great cons. Oh, pros, I should say. The cons, always with the boys. <laughs> always at the pub. Shock. Love the $10 goon at Uncle Dan's. Um, this poor soul, um, I'd imagine, behind all this bravado would have some pretty serious mental health issues. Um, so, William, I, I wish you I wish you well. Um, and, you know, you don't have to dull every unique edge of your personality to fit in, mate. I mean... God knows what you're actually like under this manufactured personality, but I pray that one day you have the courage to show us. So, this this one's a good one. Jake, 22-year-old surfer slash disabled worker. Like, oh, all right, mate, we get it. You help people. From the Central Coast, just needs some love and coming into winter. Don't we all, Jake? Don't we all? I love that one. I love it. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, this is a great one. This guy, Bray. B-R-A-E. It's already fucking lame. Um. Oh, actually, this is... Oh, maybe I shouldn't have ripped on this guy. <laughs> he says, I'm an essential worker. I work at the new Northern Beaches Hospital. I'm currently studying psychology to battle the aftermath of this crisis. Uh, to be able to s- enable stable mental health in the community as this virus has taken away so many opportunities. Wow, Bray. Wow. I don't see anything you'd hear about looking for love, mate. I think you just want to fucking brag at every opportunity about how you're the most essential man on the fucking planet. Mate, keep studying psychology, you fucking psycho. Okay? Jesus Christ, have a fucking day off, mate. 
All right. All right. This is a great one. And this is the last one. I don't know if you guys are enjoying this, but... Lachlan. Hi, I'm Lachlan. (laughs) These are great. After three Valentine's Day in a row being single, I thought, why not give this a go? I work as a registered nurse in mental health, which is also one of my passions. Um... (laughs) I enjoy traveling and often get out of the country two to three times per year until COVID hit. My other hobbies include cooking, F45, and being involved in community groups and volunteering. (laughs) My friends say I'm pretty funny and can be caring. (laughs) I fucking... I can't take people seriously who take themselves seriously. It's... Oh my God. Oh, this is great. Okay. Um, I work in mental health, which is also one of my passions. Can't you just see all these guys, like, doing these speeches to camera in, like, a tuxedo, smoking a pipe? <laughs> you know? I enjoy traveling and often get out of the country two to three times per year. Uh, the, the F45 was great. Like, my hobbies are cooking. You know? I mean... <sighs> Cooking as a hobby, I, I, it's like my hobby is taking a shit, you know? It's just, it's got to be done. It's got to be done, you know? Um, so whatever. But F45, I mean, that is a red flag, dude. That is a goddamn cult, F45. I got, a, I got two mates. One's in Hillsong, one's in F45. I can tell you who scares me more. And it's the fucking guy who keeps doing box jumps at the pub. All right, F45, dude. If you've got a friend in there, call the police immediately. Extract them from that community. All right? F45, dude, is a terrifying place. Filled with cokeheads. Um, or people who post seriously on Instagram. I, and again, I don't know who I'm scared of more. I don't know. But dude, um, and I just love this one. My hobbies, invo- being involved in community groups and volunteering. What even is... The, I, I love getting involved in community groups. Mate, get the fuck out of here, dude. What an... Ugh. Why are people like this? Why are people like this? There's not even a contact page that where you can meet up with the singles. This isn't even a real thing. Where, like, why do people have to take everything so seriously? You know? It doesn't have your last name. It doesn't have your phone number. It doesn't have your email. No girl is reading this going, oh, fuck, I better call up Lachlan from fucking Harrington Park. You know? Why are people like this? I cannot wrap my head around it. Can we just have the slightest bit of fun, people? It's a Valentine's Day competition in the fucking local paper. And we got this cunt saying his passion is mental health and volunteering. I love this. My friends say I'm pretty funny. Dude, well, I don't, Lachlan. Okay? And also, I love this last bit. And can be caring. So it's like, I can be caring, but fucking hell, dude, you better you better say I'm pretty funny and get around me because I, I can also not be caring. I can be a real piece of shit. You know? That's, that's what I want from a guy who's working in mental health and volunteering in community groups. A guy who can be caring when he can be fucked. You know? A guy who rocks up one day, a complete cunt, and, and then can be caring the next day. You know? Take a fucking day off, Lachlan. You absolute square. Ugh, why do people have to take everything so seriously? 
And I'm not even going to bother reading any of the chicks ones, dude, because um, I did read a couple of them, like, when it came out on Valentine's Day, and it's not as funny. It's just mostly single mums uh, desperate for a guy like that family man who said he will provide. So hopefully they can, the Daily Telegraph can sort of hook up some of these absolute, uh, I mean, you know, yeah right well that was the valentine's day segment i hope you enjoyed it moving on all right dude uh moving on from some of those absolute squares and yes they deserve an extra syllable for the amount of right angles they have um but moving on so last week anyone who listened very carefully i said i would tell three gig stories the good, the bad, and, and the in-between. Now, if you recall, I only told two. That was because the gig was last Tuesday night. I recorded the pod on Wednesday morning, okay? And I was still a bit too um, pissed off about this gig. And I kind of didn't really tell it very well, you know? I was basically just berate. Like, I was... It wasn't very funny. So I just cut, like, the... I talked about it for about eight minutes. And then I thought... You've blown that, Darce. You've blown that. And I was too close to the gig, I think. So I'll tell it now, because I think it's, you know, it's a funny story. So last Tuesday, I did a gig, Uni of New South Wales. Now, uni gigs, dude, are fucking unreal, because it's the demo, you know? Exactly 20-year-olds, um, 20-year-olds who go to uni are pretty much, that's where who I want to be talking to. Um, so I love uni gigs. Always, always look forward to them. Now, this one was, I was thinking, going to be pretty shit because they're usually early uni gigs and in summer with daylight savings, sometimes you have to do them during the day and it's not great. I once did one at Macquarie Uni to about 600 students. Um, it was during the day in, the, in like this huge hall, like it's bright. Also, I just graduated from Macquarie Uni about three months earlier, so I knew about 50 people in the crowd. It was traumatizing okay but this so i rocked up and i'm like uh daylight savings i don't know i've never i haven't done this uni in a while i don't know where it's gonna be it's probably gonna suck might suck might not whatever dude we'll deal with it when we get there bam rock up brand new amphitheater it's like a coliseum in the round right big balcony that goes right around the top um, seats probably about 600 people downstairs, huge production, like, I get there, Frenchie's headlining, there's a fucking line down the street, you know, um, you know, dude, I tell you what, like, people have turned out for Frenchie, uh, I think it's a free show as well, and the line is like about a kilometre long, um, they're being very strict on the COVID, I like go to the, I'm like, I'm not lining up for, for the fucking show, but I also didn't know how to get in. So I had to go to the front of the line and be like, I'm on the show. And they're like, it was so well run this gig. They were like, right. They sent out like the COVID marshal to get me. He like briefed me on the rules of the gig, took me backstage. Like everyone's wearing masks. It was, it was full on. Felt like I was playing live at the Apollo or something. It was unreal. And uh, we get in there, dude. Fuck, this room is unbelievable. Big circle room. Like I said, seats about 600. They could only have, I think, 350 due to COVID. Also, everyone had to wear masks in the crowd, which I, I don't think I'd done a gig like that before, but, you know, it's not great for the laughs. 
But anyway, dude, you get backstage here and it's like, we're getting treated so well. You know, they got this, uh, this Asian guy is like the most likable guy I've ever met. He's just high energy. You know, you know, when someone's just like perfect for their job, like, so he's the guy looking after the artists and this guy's just nailing it. You know, you walk in, he's immediately just like, Billy, oh my God, we're so happy you could come and do this gig. We are pumped you're here. Do you want a drink? We got vodka. We got beer. I can do a run to a bottle O. Can I suck you off? Can I suck you off, Mr. Darcy? Like, the guy's just a legend, you know? So there's like there's like bottles of vodka, fridge full of beers, huge green room. Um, we're all zigging and zagging, having a great time. Last time I saw Frenchie was in Perth, like a year ago. And him and his manager, Zach, uh, let me into the Virgin Platinum Lounge with them. We're at the airport. Fucking best morning of my life. First and only time I've been into the Virgin Platinum Lounge. And it is great. Um, But anyway, so, you know, we're all having a great time. The show starts pretty late because they've got to, like, test everyone. And they're being super COVID-y with it. Like, we all had our own individual microphones that no one else could touch. And then they would immediately, like, desanitize them when we were done with them. Um... And yeah, dude, it was shaping up. I'm like, dead set, have a full-blown erection in the green room for this gig. I am pumped. I cannot wait. Anyway, so the crowd spread out a bit. They're in like groups of four and then there'll be like three empty seats and then bup, bup, bup. But it's still, there's about 350 people there. This crowd were such a pack of cunts. It was unbelievable. I mean, everyone is talking before the show, right? The show has not begun. Everyone is talking. Fine. The show starts. Lights go down. Um, MC goes on. This guy, Jake Howie from New Zealand. He's a great MC. The talking does not stop even slightly, dude. Not even fucking slightly. If anything, it's getting louder. They're just talking through him. Then the first act goes on. Talking through him. Then my friend Lauren goes on. They just talk through it. Like, you you can barely hear the comedian because there's 400 people just talking. They think it's a fucking lunchroom or something, dude. And it's a fucking free show, I'm pretty sure. Or it would have cost like five bucks, you know, for this great show in this amphitheater. They don't even fucking care, dude. Um, So I go on and I just, and I said to the booker, I said, mate, I won't be, I won't be doing this. You know, like, and by that, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm obviously going to do my spot, but I'm saying, like, I won't be tolerating this behavior. Like, I'm not going to stand on stage for fucking 12 minutes talking to myself while you guys fucking catch up on your timetables. Okay. Oh, are you on the Wednesday lecture? Mate, who gives a fuck? All right. It's not Wednesday. It was a Tuesday and it's time for comedy. Strap in. So I end up berating these kids a fair bit. Um, and the thing is, dude, I don't want to do that the whole time. And I don't, I don't want to start out doing that. You know, I start out doing my jokes. They talk through me. I berate them, you know, rip on them in a funny way, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm doing well. Go back to my jokes. They start talking again. It's just fucking endless, dude, with these cunts. They just don't give a fuck. So it ended up being an extremely frustrating gig. I did about 14 minutes, you know, tried everything, threw out everything I could. You know, I, I and I'm not going to fucking beat around the bush and say it was a fucking nightmare. It was still a 
such a cool amphitheater. Like, I'm not joking. This big circle, and there's still 400 people there. And, you know, I would say half of them enjoyed it, and half of them were just couldn't give a shit. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's still, a, it's still a fucking really cool gig. But it was just so frustrating because if these fucking cunts just listened to the show, it would have been one of the greatest shows of all time. Um, I didn't stay for Frenchy. He headlined, obviously. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I heard he had a rough one as well. And, it, you know, not his fault. Um, they would just, I mean, just have a bit of fucking respect for the performer, you dogs. So that really sucked. Um, but the gig was still super fun. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of like, it was, could have been the greatest thing ever, but it just wasn't. And it was disappointing. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that, that's right. This week, dude, I'm back on Luke and Lewis, the very popular podcast uh, with Luke Kidgel and Lewis Spears. So get around that. Um, last year, I came second in their guest of the year competition. Now, you might think that's a good effort, but it's actually a Herculean effort because I was the only person with like less than 500,000 YouTube subscribers. And I came second. Pretty good effort. Um, uh, you know, I was up against like Frenchy, some of these guys. I don't think any of them really campaigned for it, but I did. And uh, I lost to Derek Levy, the guy who does funny Uber rides. And, you know, dude, I mean, we've all had a funny Uber ride, you know? We've all been in an Uber when the drivers are fucking... He's, he's, he's chatting away, and I'll, I'll throw a few jokes his way, you know? I'm not saying we need to make a show out of it. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying I can have a joke with a stranger on a Saturday night and I don't need to freaking commodify that human experience for our overlords at YouTube. I mean, that's fucking... What is this? Cyberpunk 2031 or whatever? What is this? Freaking George Orwell's 1984? You can't have a goddamn conversation in an Uber in Melbourne without freaking eyebrows over here filming it. So... You know, I lost to him and it did hurt, um, but they did let me um, shoot a video, like a runner's-up speech that was played at the live Guest of the Year Awards, um, and that's on the podcast, on the Luke and Lewis podcast, and we we started teeing off on um, the guy who does Aussie Man Reviews, who I personally don't have any beef with, but um, the guy is a fucking loser, I'll say that, um, in that... He does those Aussie Man reviews, but Shooter Williamson actually did those reviews first, years ago. And then this guy stole the idea, and now he's off to the races interviewing Kevin Hart or whatever, and he wears a wig, and it's very bizarre. Um, but yeah, he stole that from Shooter Williamson years ago, and now he's, he's probably a fucking millionaire. Um, but he looks bizarre, so, you know, you can't fix that. And uh, But yeah, Lewis started teeing off on him. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, I'll, I'll jump in on this. Fuck this guy, you know? I don't know. <laughs> um, what else do we talk about? We talked some comedy, told some stories. Um, I told a great story. Um, and yeah, we were zigging and zagging. I think it'll be a great episode. You'd like to watch that. Um, and like I said, I'm getting my stand-up film this weekend. Um, knock on wood, because that's gone wrong before. Um and I will be doing the Sydney Comedy Festival in May if it's on. Come on, dude, hey? Let's have another crack. Third go at a Sydney show. Third time's the charm, dude. 
Um, but yeah, feel like we've sort of done the damage here. Thanks for bloody listening, guys. Hey, and pray for the Mazda Metro, dude. Pray for it. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone. Cause these people got me fucked up. Yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's stronger than me. Don't you wait too long, wait too long. I don't I don't